injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. November 10th, 2013. Damn. And guess what? We're going to run this division now. Trevor Lawrence taking us to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. And we're going to win that. Let's go, baby. Super Bowl. To be able to put ourselves in a position to play meaningful games in December and January. Trevor keeps it on his own be. read. Tries to get to the corner. Dies for the end zone. Touchdown. Shotgun for Trevor Lawrence. It's a play. I mean, it is an all-out blitz. Trevor fires left side. That ball is going to be caught for the touchdown by Evan Ingram. Uh, heads up to Dewey again. Dropping out of a shotgun. They throw it quickly. Picked off by Dewey. Intercepted by Andrew Winger. Dewey again, man. Stepping up and making some big plays. My offensive player of the game, every time he plays that way, is Frank. Dropping Goal. the throw is Trevor. Scrambling to his right, fires. That ball's caught by Evan Ingram to the five. Into the end zone, touchdown. I don't care if he's on our team or not. If that man, if he ran for mayor, sorry, Lenny. I'm voting for the Hurricanes. And Trevor, you got to admit, at the last play of the game, when that linebacker came and hit him, he caught right in his face. That's, that's my quarterback. He got up there, and, he, and they had to pull him away. Man, y'all get off of T-Low. He wasn't taking any crap from nobody. Bro, let me tell you something about them Jaguars today, son. We have now but one. But two, three, four, turn and one. That boy Trev was eating like he was Thanksgiving, dog. He got a good team, man. We just need to keep winning, man. We're going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win that. This boy got a hit. <laughs> 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your host Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. All right, good morning, everybody. Once again from the 1010XL South Campus, I am Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, in your typical 1010XL studios with our man E.T. Good morning, Tony. What's going on? Good morning, man. How are you? I'm good. You know, I'll be in tomorrow because I'm not going to miss the free breakfast. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I, they'll wheel me in on my deathbed if uh-huh. I can collect a free something uh, yeah. out of there. But uh, it's we're in a weird week. Don't you feel it's a weird week? Yeah. Like, we're just like, let's get this week over with. You know, win or lose, let's get down to week 18 and let's just knock these nasty titans off their, their little, uh, well, they're not in the perch anymore, but let's knock them down a peg and uh, get some measure of revenge for the past. But more about, I think, more about Tone just kind of, Laying it out there like this is what your future looks like. We got Trevor. You don't get used to it. Well, in between having played last Thursday, so they didn't have a game this weekend, and the holiday happening over the course of the weekend as well, like it feels like it's been a long time since the Jags have played a game, right? And the holiday kind of expands that time for them. (laughs) And then you have a a game that we don't know exactly what the meaning of it's going to be. Right. And won't know how meaningful the game is until the game is basically over on Sunday. There's still the possibility of the wild card for the Jags that could be done by the time they finish the game on Thursday, even with a win against the Houston Texans. So it's it's out of their control in a lot of ways as far as the wild card situation. But 
it's still out there, at least for this football team. So it is a weird kind of feeling week. It's kind of nebulous this week, yeah. Right, and I, I get it. Like today, our Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day is asking you, based on the fact that you know week 18, you're playing for the division title. No matter what, even if you're in position to have a wild card, like even if you get flexed Sunday night, you may know that you're locked in as a wild card. I think the Jags would obviously want to win the division, knock Tennessee out of the playoffs, on and on and on. Uh, so we're asking you today, is, is there anybody you'd be a little extra careful with rolling out there uh, this week against the Houston Texans, Tony? I think people are getting mad at me. to some. Maybe mad, that's a little strong, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, like I'm, I'm putting out there, somebody asked me the other day on Twitter, can the Jags make a wild card if they beat Houston and lose to Tennessee? And I thought, uh, you know, it's not that complicated. So there's a, the New York Times has a good site where you can pick and choose the outcome of any game. You don't have to do the whole schedule. You can just ha- do a handful. And you can see the ones that are important to the Jaguars and the ones that move the needle the most. You can see what the percentage will be. If I click this, it's going to go up. If I click this, it's going to go down, whatever the case may be. So someone asked, and I threw it out there, and I came up with what I think is the, the easiest path, right? Patriots beat the Dolphins this week. Got to have Patriots, that one. Yeah. Right. You got to have that, right? But Teddy Bridgewater's in. Patriots are at home. Mm-hmm. So very reasonable. Seahawks at home against the Jets and Mike White. Again, very reasonable. Jets could win that game, but Seattle should be favored there. Uh, Ravens at home against the Steelers. You know, going to be hard fought, hard hard contested. But, again, they're the home team. And just those three games, plus you beat the Texans, and you're viable for Week 18, right? So I'm putting this out there. People are like, man, just win. Just beat the Titans. And I'm like, I get it. I do. I mean, that's all of our preference. Just yeah. win your games. Take care of your own business. But I'm here to ask, if they beat the Texans this week, Tony, and somehow lose to the Mayo Eaters, would you not want the wild card? <laughs> I mean, would you not take the seventh seed in the AFC? Sure. Give me a chip in a chair, baby. I, I want Look, I want to be the AFC South champs. I want the banner to hang at TIAA Bank Field. I'm just saying keep your options open. I don't think that's the most likely path, obviously. Just beat Tennessee, and and we all understand that. It's just I feel like even just bringing up the conversation, some people are are, uh, quick to dismiss it. I don't know. Let's let's keep it alive. Let's keep every option alive going into Week 18, I think. And I think last week, two weeks ago, if we were having this discussion about the potential future for the Jags, right? If they keep winning and the Titans lose one of these next couple of games, right, going into two weeks ago, it's like, okay, we know Week 18, what's going to be on the line for those two teams. The division championship's going to be on the line. The wild card felt like a distant, distant thing. Totally. Like, at that point, and it's still not exactly on the horizon, but it's close. Right, like you get those three results this weekend, and I'm with you. I don't think any of those results would be all that big a surprise uh, in this weekend's game. So, yeah, they're still alive for the wild card. I think two weeks ago, if we had asked the question that we're asking today, right, if they knew week 18, it's on the line against the Titans, would you rest anybody? I think they would have said, yeah, rest a few guys. Let's Correct. Let's get them ready. And now it's a little bit different because the wild card is still much more in play. I do think that changes the discussion potentially even inside the building for the Jags about what they would have liked to do maybe this week, but now everything's still in front of them. I don't expect them to necessarily rest anybody this week. I think they're going to play it like they got to win it, and they ought to at this point in time, but maybe 
there are that handful of guys, you know, do you push Trayvon Walker to get back on the field this week? You know, given that week 18 I think, has I don't think so you much push on the anyone line. who's not ready, right. but like, like I'd push Trayvon Walker in week 18, right? I mean, because no doubt. if it's all on the line in a one game scenario and that's your only path to get in, I'm asking for all hands on deck. So I'm not saying run guys out there who are incapable of playing. Look, I want Brandon Sheriff to play because you get better protection for Trevor Lawrence when he's in the game, no right? And you get better blocking in the run game. So we want all that. I don't think the Jags are going to do any of this. I think they're, they're, they're this is not even a discussion uh, for them. I don't believe this week. And maybe privately, you know, at some point, Doug Peterson got together with his most closely uh, trusted advisors on the staff and said, hey, should we even consider this? Yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that we are, like, it, you would have thought a month ago, to get here and be wild card viable, you would need 17 things to go your way, right, yeah. in the last two weeks. And that's just simply not the case. But either way, it's just fun, man. We're in it, Tone. <laughs> and we can't get eliminated this week. No, so, uh, and I think the discussion potentially changes even in-game, right? Like, there may be guys that you're more protective of even in-game, given the flow of whatever happens against Houston. Like Travis Etienne, is he a guy that whatever the game is decided – you know, in the second half at some point, how much do you keep him on the field? You know, at that kind of point. And I think those kind of things are very realistic, but I expect Travis Etienne to play, obviously, right. well, for the team. Sure. You put a team away, right? Like, you really got to put away? Well, then, yeah, I would hope that they would uh, take some guys out that are crucial to their success the following week. Problem is, Texans don't look <laughs> like a team that wants to be, quote, put away by anybody recently. And certainly this franchise has not put them away Anytime in recent memory. So, uh, again, just fun, man. It's a blast. I love it. Uh, I mean, uh, just take care of your business. We totally understand that. And you, they feel have to feel so confident right now. I got to believe that they are like we were talking yesterday privately, like in their own heads. You got to focus on Houston tone. But I doubt there's a Jaguar player that doesn't think they're going to finish 9-8 and eight in AFC South champions. Sure. And, and then, you know, you start your mind starts to wander to what the matchups could be in that opening round. Uh, E.T., what's up with you this morning, man? Yeah. Come on now. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm missing you, man. I'm, I'm, gonna miss, I'm here and I'm going to miss you for the next couple of days. Will you order breakfast so I can have yours, please? Um, I could do that. You know what? I'm going to have your people call my people and we can make something happen. All right, we'll make something happen behind the scenes. Maybe Donna gets breakfast. I don't know how that all works. Maybe. That's really, that's really up to Tony uh, Smith. So, all right. Uh, Tony, what we got cooking today? We got Double D coming up, right? Uh, we got Donovan Darius going to join us on the phone here in the next segment. We got John Osier for the second hour of the program this morning as well as we get ready for this Weird feeling Houston game this weekend, and we'll discuss our question of the day, which we were just getting into with the stakes for week 18 clear. Jack's still alive for a wild card spot. Who, if anybody, would you rest for this weekend's game against the Texans? All right, so that's out there. Uh, you can hit us up on uh, the phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010 for either of those on Twitter at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony and at IME to the T. Come on, somebody. Come on, everybody. Uh, Tony, uh, I, I'm gonna, we're going to have a lot to do next week, right? Like, I get in these holiday moods, and I'm so happy with where the Jags are uh, at winning last Thursday night, and then the Titans lose, so we know that game is for everything. So I, I dug into the old bottle collection that I was gifted, mm -hmm. and I've got some, you know, uh, just irreplaceable. You can't find these anywhere, you know, unopened Jaguar uh, themed 
Coca-Cola bottles from the 1990s. I mean, ones that commemorated them getting the franchise, being awarded the franchise sure, in 93, yeah. going back to that, you know, the first game, the first season, on and on, things like that. Um, so I got those, and I want to give away at least a set of those to somebody when, when I get back in studio. Probably next week we'll do that. But I also got off the wallet, pulled all 14 staples out, and uh, decided to go ahead and buy a pair of nosebleed seats because uh, I got swept up in it this weekend when the Titans lost. Here so we go, yeah. We, we not, look, I, we want as many Jaguar fans to pack the bank next week as possible. So I'm going to pick up the tab for two of them. Hey, look, parking, concessions, that's on you. But if you want to get in, uh, what's a hot ticket right now, I'll have a pair uh, out of the the personal private stock tone that I'll be giving away next week. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to look, I think madhouse next week here in Jacksonville for that insanity. One. Yeah. Like that's my expectation. I got friends with season tickets and they're trying to figure out who they're taking to what. And it's, you know, they're the people they're asking if they want to go. They're like, well, what kind of atmosphere do you expect? It's like, you have no idea. It's it, Tony. People who think it's going to be like, oh, you know, it'll be the best since that Patriots game in 2018. It will dwarf that. I'm going to give credit to the. I mean, the the Buffalo playoff game. I'm going to say that's the the level of intensity. This is a playoff game, yep. right? I mean, this that to have everything fall into place like it has and uh, being a one game winner take all for the AFC South. Uh, it is going to be a madhouse in two weeks. It's going to be nuts. Week eighteen, we know what it's going to what's going to be on the line against the Tennessee Titans. We still got the game against Houston to get out of the way uh, this weekend before we get to that, and that is involved in our question of the day today. We'll continue to take a look at your answers throughout the program this morning. Donovan Darius will join us on the other side as we get it going here on a Wednesday edition of Jaguars Today. Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, E.T. here with you. Double D will join us on the other side as we get it rolling here on 1010XL. Now more Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, E.T. here with you. As we get ready for the Houston game coming up this weekend, continue to react to the Jets' win last week as the Jaguars continue to roll. And now we'll talk to a Jaguars legend, Donovan Darius, joining us on the phone. Donovan, what's going on this morning, bud? Hey, man. Hey, pretty good, man. Uh, it's amazing how... <laughs> A couple wins basically turn things around and brings a whole lot of excitement back, right? No doubt. How was your Christmas? Man, it was good, man. I had family in town and uh, my daughter from college, you know, came in and her husband. And uh, we had a good time, man, eating some good food, spending some time together and uh, playing some games. Donovan, we're asking in our question of the day today about whether or not the fans would be in favor of the Jaguars resting any players this weekend, knowing that they're still – Alive for the wild card, but needs some help with some results this week. And week 18, we know what's on the line. They win against the Titans. They're going to win the division championship. As a player, if you were going into a situation like this, how banged up would you have to be to be okay with you personally not being able to play this weekend and then getting ready for the final week of a regular season? No, I don't think, um, I personally don't think that this is the time where you're looking for. Uh, an opportunity to to rest your players, I think, because uh, you know what we're what we're leaning on right now, and, and really winning a lot of these games is based off momentum, and it's really guys coming out doing the things that they set forth basically 
back in the beginning of the year. You know, the, the same fundamentals of, you know, running the ball effectively, passing the ball, um, creating turnovers, third down, red zone. I mean, so I think more than anything, um, if a guy can play, uh, he, you know, there's not an opportunity where you're looking forward to, especially as a player, where you're not playing. I mean, granted, there's still a lot of things that has to happen for us to, uh, for us to make the playoffs, uh, and one of those things is for us to win. And I think for us to win, we need all hands on deck. And so uh, I think that this is a great opportunity for us to continue the momentum that they that they developed over these last seven games uh, to to go into the playoffs. And that's another reason why too, when when people think about uh, being in playoff position and they think about the bye week, you know, I was never you know really in favor of bye week a lot of times. Um, I mean, it's good to have because, you know, you're at the top of your, you know, conference and division. But I think what that does sometimes, it really, really hurts the momentum that you're having. So I just think if everybody can play, if you're able to play out there and it's not detrimental to your health to go into the playoffs and whatnot, I think you're looking for every opportunity, you know, to strap it up and, and do everything you can to win. Hey, uh, Donovan, good morning. Glad you could join us today. I know you were not on the 96 team that this year's team has been compared to a lot with the way the season is playing out. But you've been on plenty of football teams that do get that momentum. And when you have that, talk about the psychology of a team that starts to believe they can't lose. You know, that that everything is out in front of them, that they control their outcomes. Uh, and I think the Jags, they've talked a good game in that department this year. I think mm-hmm. their play on the field is now matching that attitude. How big of a key is that to having that to continue this kind of streak? I mean, it's great. I mean, it's a huge key. I mean, you, men- you mentioned it. The momentum is something. It's one of those intangibles that um, that you just really you really can't track, but you can always see the result of. And I think uh, with the team, the way we started, especially with the 2-5, and 2-6, and six, and turn things around we're basically five and two in the last the last several games i mean that's that's what you want i mean at the end of the day you want to basically know that hey this is what we went to training camp for this is what these are the goals that were set before us it was to get and earn an opportunity to get in the playoffs and 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 through through the success that we have that we've had on the field uh along with some other help from other teams it's created that opportunity you think about it we haven't been to the playoffs since 2017 uh, how many years, you know, over the last several years have we been looking at it and come December, you know, people are thinking about what they're going to do for New Year's, you know, with their family and where they're going to travel. But uh, for, for them to be in this position right now uh, and, and having everything before them, I think it's a lot, of, it's, it's even a lot better for us uh, now in terms of momentum and the energy of the guys and the out, outlook of it than it was in the beginning of the season. when We just started out and we were, you know, in, those, in that first quarter of the season. And so, uh, everything is right there before him. I mean, as a player, this is what you want. As a coach, this is what you want. You want destiny in your hands. And for us to be able to come away and, and win the AFC South division and earn an opportunity in the playoffs, I mean, that's what you want. And I'm I'm proud of the guys. I'm happy for the guys. This is what was expected of this team. And I'm, and I'm happy and, and proud of what Coach, coach Doug Peterson is doing in just a short period of time. Donovan, how much does – tradition DNA however you want to describe it matter in an NFL locker room like it does feel like there are just some franchises that find a way they don't really have to ever go through those lulls with the rebuilding kind of things they're always in the middle of the hunt I mean Pittsburgh is they lose Ben Mm -hmm. Roethlisberger this offseason they're still in the middle of the playoff picture in the AFC that's just kind of their DNA up there how much 
Does that matter in an NFL locker room, and how does that change? Because it feels like it could potentially be changing for this Jaguars organization right now. Yeah, I mean, it is something that's evident. I mean, you mentioned it. I was when when you look at the stats of Coach Mike Tomlin. I mean, I think they said out of I don't know fifteen, seventeen, whatever, how many years. I mean, he hasn't had basically a losing season. And I think as a player, when you come into dynasties like that, uh, you you tend to know that this is what's expected, and somehow, some way. They find a way to win. I mean, with the Jaguars, I don't think we have we don't have that track record. What we have had a track record over the last you know five seven years is that uh, you know we we've lost a lot of games. We haven't had the greatest you know we haven't had the greatest win loss record and, and outcome towards the playoffs and whatnot. And so I think hopefully that that's changing. Uh, it's changing around here. I think what they're doing, the momentum that they're picking up from what they've done this last half of the season. Is really something that you expect. I mean, we always talk about with Trevor Lawrence and, and the guys that we got, we picked very high. We wanted them to come in and lead a team. That's why you pick a guy number one. You know, you pick on the guy number one because you believe that he has an opportunity to turn, you know, to turn the momentum and turn your organization around. And once he has some years under his belt, you know, he can then take you into some of those lat- middle and latter years in his career and just continue to have a continuous success. And so uh, for him to be able to do that the second year, uh, you know, this second year, along with everybody just kind of clicking, I think that uh, they're on their way. Coach Doug Peterson this is his second year, and so hopefully he can be that guy, you know, like we had with Coach Coughlin and, and everybody, where he turned the organization around and through his consistent consistency, his, methodo- his, his methodology, the way that he perceives things, and the way he goes about everything, this organization can experience, you know, being on the top, you know, top tier, um, you know, in the league as well. Hey, Donovan, I know it's only been six days, but the Jets game feels like a long time ago. At least to me, <laughs> it does, right? And, and as you look back on that, and, you know, the Jags turn it over right off the jump, and the defense gets a three and out or a three and force the field goal attempt. They're already in field goal range. And they don't give up any more points the rest of the game. And we get it. Zach Wilson is playing miserable football right now. But do you feel like this defense is starting to – not not match what the offense is doing, but becoming more of a team that maybe we'll be able to count on a little bit than just one that creates turnovers that they might actually play a little bit more consistently, drive in, drive out. Uh, you know, actually, I, I do. I, I do believe that the defense is coming into its own form in this identity. Although we know that we've had we've we've had a lot of lineup changes, whether we at safety position or or at the linebacker position or even the front position with. Uh, you know, with a lot of injuries and whatnot. But I think as a whole, you know, the the, the temperature and, and what the expectations is, the standard that the guys come together and say, this is, who, this is who we are, this is what we do, I think it's been great because it doesn't matter who they're putting in there, whether it's Arden Key, whether it's Muma, whether it's, uh, you know, Dewey or, you know, and Becca, whatever it is, whoever's been in there um, has definitely maintained and, and uplifted the standard to understand that, you know what, I remember we played, our goal with, with Coach Mike Smith, our defense coordinator and stuff, was, hey, to, to not give up 17 points. You know, that was our goal. So we knew that, you know, within a, within a, within a game, there may be about 13, 14 drives an offense may have. And so you just want to, hey, give it up two touchdowns and possibly, you know, possibly a field goal. And I think what our team is doing, whether it's by getting three and out, the turnovers, third down, uh, you know, red zone, making them kick the ball versus touchdowns, I think as a whole, I think the whole defense as a core, no matter who they insert in there, 
has understood this standard and they're going out and they're doing it. And so, and that's one of the things you, you always want to see. You want a defense, you want a team to have depth. And so that way, if a guy goes down on injury, the next guy comes in and it's kind of the next man up. And so to see us getting the turnovers, and that's huge. We always talk about it. The two intangible things, when you, statistics that you look at that determine defense success a lot of times is third down defense and turnovers. And I think we've been able to improve in that um, and some of those, and accomplishing some of those things late in this second half of the season has really made an impact on what we do as far as victory and loss. Donovan, one more here for you. Um... The Jaguars haven't beaten Houston since 2017. They've lost nine in a row against the Houston Texans. They haven't swept the Tennessee Titans, I believe, since 2005. So those are at least, with the playoffs on top of that, at least goals you can put in front of this team as they go through the last couple weeks of this season. As a player in a locker room, have you ever experienced that where it just felt like the other team has your number every year and it doesn't matter, it's different faces and different places, those kinds of things? And how do you overcome that and finally get over the hump? I mean, nine in a row against the Houston Texans, that's a long time, Donovan. Yeah, it is a long time. And, and of course, uh, Tennessee Titans has always been a nemesis for us, as, you know, with the Jaguars, even when we went, I played during those times. But I think that where the Jaguars find themselves right now is a little different um, from, you know, where we may have found ourselves when we play them, the Tennessee Titans, you know, several weeks ago and we beat them, you know, by that I'm saying that, uh, yes, you can look at teams and say, man, we haven't won. We haven't won. We haven't won. But just what they've been doing over these last five, seven weeks is enough to build their confidence to know that, you know what, we belong here. You know, this can actually be our division. You know, there's always a lot of talk in the beginning of the year about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. But I think right now the guys are actually believing, you know, they're actually going out there and they're actually believing it. And so, it really doesn't matter at this stage right now how many years it's been since you won or you defeated a team. I just think that the guys' focus mainly is not on what their past is, but what's sitting in front of them as the present and the gift before them, which right now, which is, hey, if I take this one game at a time, okay, and I go out there and I do what I need to do and continue to do what we've been doing, it's going to create greater dividends for us and then looking into, into the playoffs. And so I don't think it's about guys looking this week about how many times they won at Houston and how many times they lost, you know, to Tennessee. I think it's about, hey, if we go out and we do what we have been doing, it's one thing if you haven't been winning and then you're trying to say, we, it takes a miracle for us to do something we've never done. But no, but they've done it. They've won some games this year. These last four games, they've won some games that they were not expected to win. But somehow, some way, they pulled it together and you've had great play and good play on offense as well as defense. And I think that's really what matters, and that's going to be the main focus for the guys. Donovan, always appreciate the insight. An early Happy New Year to you. And, yes, sir. And hopefully we'll see you here in studio again next week as we get ready yes, for sir. that rivalry game with the Ooh, Titans. baby. Yeah, we're, look, hey, we're looking forward to it, man. So I know we're going to pack the house. All the Jaguars, man, all the fans, come on out. Continue to support. This is what you asked for. This is what you wanted. This is what you waited for. And so now we show up as fans. We show up and uh, we continue to – Build, you know, build up all the boards, the fan support, everything. And really, you know, you guys can definitely be the 12th man. And I think the Jaguars continue to need that. Appreciate it, Double D. We'll talk to you again next week, bud. All right, gentlemen. Donovan Darius, kind enough to join us on the phone this morning. And he's right. You know, it's time. We've been talking about it for a few weeks. You got the pair of tickets that we'll be giving away at some point here over the course of the next few days, Dips. But 
Yeah, I expect a packed, crazy, this thin asylum in that stadium next week. You know, I, I look, it, it. You can't live through everybody else your whole life, right? But I wonder for guys like Donovan, if it'll have a little bit of a special extra something. You know, if the Jags are able to eliminate Tennessee, mm-hmm. make the playoffs, the way this season has gone, you know, it doesn't make up. Tony, people have asked, will that make up for what Tennessee did to him? No. They kept them out of the Super Bowl yeah. back in 99. That's the nugget. It's who's going to win a Super Bowl between those two franchises. That would end Well, it. for sure. Yeah. But but this would be a nice step. No doubt. Uh, in, in the good direction uh, and some measure of revenge for some of these uh, classic legacy Jaguars like Donovan Darius. Uh, no doubt about that at all. We'll take a look around the NFL at some of the news. Coach Doug Peterson speaking right now. We'll let you know some of what he's had to say this morning as well as they continue to get ready for the Houston game coming up this weekend. He apparently was listening to the program. He gave us an answer to our question of the day. We'll let you know Coach Peterson's answer. I'm guessing no. It's a big fat no. <laughs> His answer to the question of the day where we're asking if you would want to rest anybody this week against Houston, knowing what's on the line against the Tennessee Titans in Week 18. Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, E.T. here with you. A Wednesday edition of Jaguars today here on 1010XL. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, E.T. here with you. It is Jaguars today. I'm watching E.T. run around this side of the building like a madman. I try not think to get uh, the Doug Peterson sound cut yeah, up man. as much as he can. I'm just working out, you know what I'm saying, hard working out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got to get on, the pe- I cannot hear you sweat from down here, man. <laughs> we got to get the listeners what they want. That's <laughs> Doug you Peterson at the uh, microphone here about 20 minutes ago, and you'll hear that sound. Hopefully here in the next hour for E.T.'s sake because he's killing himself to do it. Uh, But if not, you'll hear it throughout the day here on 1010XL, obviously. The big question being essentially the question we're asking today for our question of the day is, you know, would you sit anybody? So Doug Peterson was essentially asked, would you sit anybody this week? Is there any consideration uh, in a, quote, meaningless game? Must have been the way that the question was worded because his response was, There's never a meaningless game, which is not a surprise coming from an NFL head coach. Did go on to say that they could rest guys who were injured. Okay. And then said, there's no one currently that falls in that category, which is good news for a guy like Trayvon Walker, I suppose, and his availability this week and beyond. But, yeah, I'd say they're going to play this one like they would any other game to go and win it against Houston. Right. We can debate. If there's never a meaningless game, I get it. They don't want to call any game meaningless. They're getting paid a lot of money and all that. Tony, if you've got the number two seed in your conference locked up and you know you're playing the next week and it's week 18 and you can't improve or (laughs) fall back, that game is a meaningless game. I'm sorry. Like towards the bigger prize, uh, in my opinion. But uh, you know what? Uh, Who am I to argue with Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson? And like I told you earlier, I didn't think this would be an issue for the team. I think no. they, you know, and, and there are, it, look, I think it'd be a bigger question, like we've been talking about, if the Jags were mathematically eliminated from the wild card, if it all just came down to week 18. And what a weird scenario that would be for both teams not to have week 17 give you a chance to improve your position, win or lose, 
you're still going to be in the same position week 18, that which is winning you're in. You just don't see that in the National Football League. So, um, you know, might have been a different conversation, but I'm fine with it. You know, they, they this team should beat Houston, but they probably should have beat them several of those nine times that they've lost to them sure. as well. And uh, it'd be good for their – I don't know if they need the confidence boost, you know, to just continue their winning ways, go out there, take care of business, show themselves maybe that they're not the same team that made enough mistakes, including that uh, end zone interception by Derek Stingley that Trevor Lawrence served up like room service. Now we understand when he did it again in Denver or against Denver in London, hasn't done that since, and he's been nearly flawless since that point in time. I'd love to see that nearly flawless level of T-Law on display this week. Yeah, and I think momentum is so hard to quantify, right? But it certainly is true right now. If there is a real thing in the league called momentum, the Jaguars have a lot of positive momentum, and the Titans have as much negative momentum as you could have, you know, essentially at this moment. So if you're the Titans and you're asking these kind of questions, because they're still technically alive for a wild card, right? But you're going into this week saying, you know what, it's about week 18. If you're the Titans, because of the ways you've been losing, losing, losing here for the last five weeks, do you look at it and say, we're going to have everyone as healthy and rested as we possibly can for that week 18 game? Is that the way that they approach it while the Jags look at it and say, we're rolling right now. We're not doing anything to interfere with that at all. The fact that we do seem to have momentum right now and it feels to me like that's at least the way the fans feel about it that are responding to the question today is essentially don't mess with the mojo they got going. If they're good enough to play, let them play and go get the Houston Texans. Yeah, Tennessee's this is weird because playing with Malik Willis at quarterback, mm-hmm. like having Derrick Henry, that's the biggest offensive weapon they have by far. Like you take Christian Kirk out, Zay Jones could step up. You take Zay Jones out, Marvin Jones could step up. You know, you have other guys here. You take Derrick Henry out, and that's the offense right now for the Tennessee Titans because they're not throwing the ball effectively at all. And if you want to put Malik Willis, you know, you want him to have some success, I would think, if you're Tennessee. So you'd want Derrick Henry out there with him. He did practice yesterday, by the way. He was mm-hmm. an estimated non-participant on Monday, and they play on Thursday night. You look at that game, though, it's a little different. You know, even though the Jags haven't had no success against Houston in the last four and a half years, uh, you feel like, this is a team that is imminently beatable. They should beat. Dallas is in a different category. You know, Tennessee can look at that game and go, you know what, even with Derrick Henry, the way we're playing right now, if you're being realistic behind closed doors, probably don't have much of a chance. Although it is the NFL, Tone, and we wouldn't have thought Houston would have had much of a chance against Kansas City and Dallas. They didn't win those games, but they certainly pushed them to the brink. I don't know if beating Dallas – does much for Tennessee, you know, in terms of their confidence or, or what have you. They already have the extra rest coming because they're playing on Thursday night. Sure. So uh, I think Derrick Henry is the only real question here. Do, do you, you know, put a heavy workload on him, particularly if you fall behind in that football game? And, uh, you know, I, I don't know, though. If you if you don't have Derrick Henry, how much success are you going to expect Malik Willis to be able to have if that Dallas pass rush can tee off on him? Yeah, no doubt. Um I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry's the engine that makes that whole thing run, and if he's not available to you, that offense, my gosh, uh, what that Tennessee Titans offense will look like right now without at least the threat 
of Derrick Henry there in the backfield. It could get ugly. John Osher going to join us for the second hour of the program. Though, E, before we get to the second hour, I want to take a look around the National Football League at some of the news. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Washington head coach Ron Rivera said yesterday that he would be announcing who the commander's starting quarterback would be for Week 17 today after he had had an opportunity to speak to the team. Taylor Heineke was benched last week in favor of Carson Wentz. This morning, the news has come out that Carson Wentz will be the starter for the Commanders this week. Dallas running back Tony Pollard was listed as a non-participant in practice on Tuesday because of a thigh injury. Los Angeles Chargers safety Derwin James is day-to-day with a concussion. Miami has placed running back Miles Gaskin on injured reserve with a knee injury. Seattle has placed tight end Will Disley on their injured reserve with a knee injury. Pittsburgh assigned linebacker Tate Crowder to their 53-man roster off the New York Giants practice squad. And Arizona defensive end J.J. Watt announced yesterday that he will be retiring at the end of this season. Watt is a five-time Pro Bowler, a five-time first-team All-Pro, and three-time defensive player of the year in the middle of a kind of bounce-back season. Had a bad 2021, but 2022, nine-and-a-half sacks with a couple of games to play here for the Cardinals defensive end and Look, we've discussed J.J. Watt I don't know how many times over the course of his career, Demps, with him being in the division for the first 10 years of his career there in Houston. And uh, I'm sure us even mentioning his name has probably got Duval Doom foaming at the mouth <laughs> that we would mention Honestly, Watt. he's so crazy about that. It's He's the first person I think of every time I hear J.J. Watt's name. Yeah. You know, I mean, but he delusionally a, thinks he was overrated yeah. as the three-time defensive player of the year. He's a Hall of Fame player who announced that he's going to be retiring at the end of this season yesterday. First ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah. I no mean, doubt. you know, and I don't know if you saw it. You probably did, Tone, because you and I live online a little too much. But mm-hmm. uh, somebody had tweeted out yesterday the first 11 picks of the 2011 NFL draft said, man, that 2011 NFL draft, for the most part, pretty good. Yeah, most part, right? <laughs> and, and people were killing people were killing Tennessee for taking Jake Locker, and I'm like, don't look, yeah. don't look down any further because we my took Gabbard. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right there in front of Watt, just that one spot there, and you know, so you, you get, and then you see who goes with the 16th pick, which is what the Jags moved up from to get to 10 and gave their second rounder in addition, and it was Ryan Kerrigan who went on to have not a Hall of Fame career, would have been the greatest pass rusher in Jaguars history, mm-hmm. right? I mean, honestly, if he had the same career here that he had with Washington, would have been the greatest pass rusher in franchise history. So, um, you know, let's let's hope that Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd will fulfill their destiny to be great players, and then we can look back and say, Starting with Trevor Lawrence with the 101, Travis Etienne. Yeah. We've been doing pretty good with these first rounders, man. And J.J. does so much of the off-field stuff, too, right? Like, he's been so good in the communities, both in Houston and obviously now in Arizona. I, I told you the story. There was the – he had the fumble return for the touchdown that got called back. It was a bad call on the play where they said it was an incomplete pass on the field, so they blew the whistle. And J.J. had returned the fumble for a touchdown. This is like a month and a half ago now. Uh, for the Cardinals, and somebody, a listener or a fan, somebody on Twitter reached out to J.J. who had placed a parlay bet, 
right? And it included the Cardinals anytime defensive touchdown scored in that game, and that cost them hitting the parlay. And so he reached out to JJ. He's like, this is bogus, man. Like, I had it. I nailed it. And JJ's like, I got you. Like, he paid him what he would have been paid off in the parlay, and JJ's always kind of been that guy, right? Like, yeah. when they were dealing with the hurricane there in Houston and everything that they did for that, and it was nice to see the Jags go in there and, you know, stomp them into the ground at the beginning of 2017. It's it's nothing that we're not pulling for the Jags in those games against J.J. Watt, but the only thing you can hate about him is the 10 years he wore that Texans uniform. That's that's enough for some, I suppose. Yeah, look, bro, that uh, Grand is like the tiniest pocket change to oh, J.J. Sure. Watt at this for point, sure. but he didn't have to do it. And it makes me wonder if the guy who got the 1,000 didn't, play his cards right like what's the number you could have thrown at jj watt that he still would have covered two grand probably uh, he showed Ten? him the betting slip maybe not. yeah maybe yeah I, it did show him the betting slip yeah. right but uh so i guess there's that but uh i wonder what that number would have been that he would have covered by the way you look back at that 2011 top 11 picks where jj watt was 11 cam newton won a league mvp he was number one von miller gonna be in the hall of fame one day number two marcel darius Really good player. Good player and we yeah. had him here for a while. I mean, multiple-time Pro Bowler. A.J. Green, outstanding receiver for a long time. Patrick Peterson, lockdown still corner. Julio it, yeah. Jones. Right, I, right. Patrick Peterson still doing it. Julio Jones at six. Alden Smith, who was a terror when he had his head on straight, yeah. couldn't keep his head on straight. And then the first pick that you went, oh, my gosh, this is tragic, is Jake Locker. Tyron Smith, the Dallas Cowboys left tackle, who was the gold standard at that position for a number of years at nine, and then the Jags take Blaine Gabbert right ahead of J.J. Watt. So everything's fine. Yeah. No no need to look over here. Everything's just fine. I wonder how many drafts you have seven of the first nine picks that hit, right? Like, that feels, you know, not all that common even. And who would you say didn't? Alden Smith? Maybe. Well, you got Locker I, and Gabbert, right? So Well, Gabbert was 10th. Yeah. So, I mean, really, eight of the first nine, yeah. basically. If you count Alden Smith as a hit. He was a good player. But yeah. He, oh, he's outstanding uh, for a brief period of time. Uh, what do you have? 14 sacks his rookie year, Tony. 19 and a half his second year. And eight and a half in his third season in only 11 games. Yeah. And then kind of went off the rails and was suspended for multiple, multiple seasons. But, uh, I mean... Right there, 33-and-a-half would put him very high in the Jaguars' all-time sack leaderboard just no those doubt. two seasons. No doubt. Uh, let's uh, find that kind of consistency, consistency with the Jaguars' drafting, please. Um, going into the future, and we're the, I don't think they're going to be picking in the top 10 for a while, Dems. Oh, gosh, I hope not, man. I hope, top 20 is too high yeah, at this point. That's that's my guess is we'll welcome in Johnny O for the second hour of the program this morning. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, E.T., here with you as we continue along. It's a Wednesday edition of Jaguars Today here on 1010XL. Oh, no. Sweet. Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, E.T., now joined by Johnny O in studio here for the second hour of the program this morning. They just keep rolling, Johnny. Yeah, they they do. just I, keep rolling. I tried waving to you, Mike, earlier, and uh, and uh, you didn't say hello. <laughs> I wasn't looking. No. Um, so, Come around uh, the table now. What's that? 
Come around, said, the, come table. around the table. Come around the table now. Take that three-foot wall, Johnny O. Yeah. <laughs> come on, right? They always talk about them in the morning. You would or you could just roll here. around. You know, here at 1010, we provide those chairs. Cozied right up next to Tony. <laughs> yeah. I'm just giving a but fair warning. I'm not waving back, Tony, no matter what. I'm going to act like I didn't see it either way. No wave back. Okay. I mean, a three in a row, it's – it's amazing how quickly things change in this league because mm-hmm. uh, they went from having won one in a row with Tennessee, which was a cool win, and then within a four-day stretch because you beat Dallas on Sunday and then you beat the Giant. I mean, I had the Jets on on Thursday. Within a four-day stretch, you went from a pretty cool win in Tennessee to being hot and in control of your destiny. And it, it's it's uh, they earned their way there. They beat a bunch of good teams to get here. And uh, now they control it. You got to cover the team in 96, obviously. You wrote the book on on the team in 1996, right? Frisco and I, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And how much does the current run that the 2022 Jaguars are on, how much does it feel like that kind of run to you? A lot. I mean, it's uh, in, in multiple ways. First of all, most importantly, you had a feeling, and this is not the emotional part of it, but just looking at the team. You had a feeling then that they had clicked and that it was going to last, that there was a solid foundation because Mark uh, Brunel was playing well. Uh, and then they had pieces coming together. Jimmy was starting to come on, uh, Jimmy Smith, uh, Tony Baselli. You had things, uh, Leon Searcy, that you knew you could build on. Obviously, this team has uh, Trevor Lawrence that you feel like this is going to be good for a while. But within the context of the season, very similar in the sense that uh, they had a tight win over the Ravens that year in 96 that, and then a bad loss to Pittsburgh. And then they went off that last uh, that bad loss to Pittsburgh and just kept going and going and very quiet at first. And all of a sudden, one Monday, you woke up and looked at the scenarios and said, wait a minute, they're in control of this. Very similar this year in, in, in that sense. And the, uh, the youthness of it, if you will. I think if they had been good last year and started off disappointing and then all of a sudden started, there wouldn't be a freshness to it. There was a freshness in 96 that I always wrote back then. You're never going to get this back. Right. Because it's the first time. It's like when you're young and you experience something for the first time. Well, this fan base has lost so much that that feels like that again of, oh, it can be like this. So very similar in a lot of ways. and uh, Except for now, you can win your division, be playing at home, and and feel like you're one of the teams that can get it done. That year, even going to the playoffs, you didn't – the upsets and the miracles kind of started in the playoffs. I don't, I don't know that you're going to feel that way if they host a playoff game. I don't know that you're going to feel like it's a miracle if they win it. No, we were saying yesterday, John, we almost expect, Tony and I do, at least, I mean, we're not the ones who have to play the game, that they would get past the opening round because they have so much momentum. They will be playing at home, provided that they beat Tennessee in Week 18. And we couldn't know it at the time, you know, what the future would hold for that group of players in 96, and they added some key pieces in the next couple of years as well. But they basically had, after that, a four-year contending window. Right uh, from '97 to through, uh, 99, I guess '97, '98, '99, they kind of started to fall apart in 2000. And here, I just feel like John, it's almost 
you know, I think Jaguar fans feel this is open-ended. I feel like this is like the turning of the page and the AFC South now belongs to Trevor Lawrence as long as he can play like we expect him to play. And, I mean, there's no sign that he's not going to do that in the near future. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly those things aren't guaranteed. Even the Colts teams I covered for 10 years, they had a 10-year run, and there were a couple years where they lost the division, they had slow starts, whatever. But this feels like it could be that. You've got to put things around it. He's got to stay healthy, and you've got to go do it. But that's what it feels like. I mean, it, it, uh, right now, I don't think anybody would argue that he's not the best quarterback in the division only in year two. These other teams, it feels like, has to, A, go get their guy. Maybe, maybe Malik Willis can be that. He's not shown it yet, but he's young. But there's a lot of developing to do with him to get here. The other two teams, I think logically you say they've got to go get their guy. Well, we've we've all seen the process of that. Is that guy going to be generational like Trevor Lawrence is looking to be? At? I think next year Trevor's going to enter the season top five, top eight quarterback minimum. So, yeah, this should be the start of something. And I think, John, we've had the discussion since – six months before Trevor Lawrence was even drafted in Jacksonville, right? About that's the eventual expectation is that they're drafting a guy who is going to be top five, you know, at the quarterback position in the league. That's the kind of discussions that were being had about Trevor Lawrence. I think they were not easy to have and believe that they would happen as quickly as they have in the second half of this season, especially following the way that they lost the Denver game, the way that they lost the Houston game. What do you attribute the dramatic turn in season that it feels like we've seen from Trevor Lawrence to where he is going to be in that discussion right now and going into the future years? Well, I think you were seeing it anyway uh, with the huge except of except for the turnovers. Um, he had played well and was progressing. And every time you said that, people would say, well, he had he had the red zone interceptions. And and uh, those were real. So if I had to point to one thing, it's not doing that anymore. Uh, and then even beyond that, though, since the Denver game, the the moments of special have, I don't know what the number would be, uh, tripled, quadrupled a game where every game you're seeing one or two plays where you're like, wow. And that wasn't the case before either. I, uh, Doug Peterson, during his availability just now, was talking about him a little bit, that uh, he's just gotten better and better since that Denver game. His uh, his approach during practice, Doug went out of his way to say it wasn't bad before, but there's just an intensity level to it now, a willingness to go back and run a play. Okay, if I didn't see that. Uh, Doug's also talked, and I believe this too, about sort of the muscle memory of having run plays before now in this offense two or three times, and now you're when when he's throwing balls and running plays, he's done it two or three different times. So that's got to be a comfort level. Uh, and unfortunately, with uh, because this is a bad answer, the light came on, and he's able to be special uh, in a way that he couldn't before because he hadn't reached that comfort level yet. Yeah, I think one of the amusing things now as we look back and we see where Trevor is at the moment is people that I don't know if they didn't understand what this guy's been at every level he's ever played at but John Tony and I would get told well he can't 
do this. He can't throw the deep ball. He can't win in the fourth quarter. He can't have a high uh, completion percentage. And we'd say, no, he hasn't, and he has, or at least he hasn't done it consistently. But I, I, I felt like there – maybe it's just that there's a segment of the fan base that has been so disappointed with recent history that they're just kind of conditioned to expect the worst. But it seemed like there was just a, a faction out there that wanted to talk it into existence that Trevor Lawrence was just another bust. I mean, we literally had people calling up and tweeting at us telling us that he was a bust, mm-hmm. as if you could be a bust that early in your career – uh, I mean, I suppose it's possible if you were a complete flame out, but he was nowhere close to that. And I, it just, I, I guess those people were just frustrated with the, the recent track record, John. But it just it amused me all along. Like, well, I don't know if he's ever going to be the guy that puts it all together every single week in all those categories. But to say he can't do it because he hasn't done it consistently enough yet when he's had Urban Miller as his freaking head coach for a year and he's been in the league for a year and a half seemed kind of silly at the time. Yeah, it, I got the same emails, and uh, you know, believe me, October emails uh, trending toward that Denver game were increasingly. Uh, I mean, I I had many many emails saying uh, we need to go ahead and cut the cord. This team's going to finish with the worst record in the league, <laughs> and they need to draft the quarterback position. You cannot pass on a quarterback in this draft. They cannot make the same mistakes they have, and you know. They were there, and I attribute it to what you're attributing to, Mike. Um, people sort of wanting to insulate themselves from the pain of having him supposedly not work out, and they wanted to be able to say, well, I told you that it wouldn't work out. Yep. That makes me feel better, which, you know, I get it. It's been bad, and it's been disappointing right here for a long time. You want to not hurt, and it hurts when a guy doesn't work out, but he's working out. No doubt he's working out right now, and – yeah, he's going to be discussed among the – got to address the quarterback position in the draft. Yeah, guys. he's going to be discussed <laughs> among the top uh, five to eight quarterbacks for a while, it feels like, in the National Football Maybe League. better than that. Uh, yeah. Starting right now, so we'll see. That coach-quarterback combination seems to be working out pretty well uh, in their first season together here in Jacksonville. Remember we'll when Shad botched the head coaching hire in January? Oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah. that story? Of course, I also remember when Shad finally got it right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. With the prior guy. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We've we've had our roller coaster and explained some of what you were just discussing there, John. They they're protecting themselves from the hurt. And I get it. Yeah. I would too. And there's no doubt that's a part of the discussion that we've been having with Trevor Lawrence, especially this uh the first half of the season. But I think everyone can take a deep breath and relax um when it comes to the quarterback position here in Jacksonville John Osher jaguars.com senior writer with us for the remainder of the hour here this morning on Jaguars today Tony Smith Mike Dempsey ET here with you as well as we continue along it's a Wednesday edition of Jaguars today on 1010XL <laughs> With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. We do have Johnny O, Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, E.T. here with you as well. And uh, you did have the opportunity before you came in this morning, John, to hear from head coach Doug Peterson. Anything stand out to you from what you heard this morning? Yeah, they're going to play. Um... Yeah, there's no thought of, quote, resting guy that's, 
is not going to be a baseball cap game, as I like to call them, where you got a bunch of starters on the sideline. If if guys are injured, uh, to hold them out wouldn't surprise me if they err on the side of caution with maybe a guy or two. But uh, this was not a coach this morning talking about easing through one game to get to another game. Uh, so I think that's significant because there was some legitimate talk of that. Uh, I didn't think – I don't think the situation really merits it because if you win this game, then a tie in Tennessee gets – or a tie against Tennessee gets you in, and there's still some wild card stuff uh, that makes sense. So I think it, and, until all that is out the window, you have to maximize every scenario. So that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. Uh, beyond that um, – that was really the big news and the big uh, the big takeaway I had. Yeah, John, I think that the wild card thing is a lot more viable than anybody could have thought it would have been. Tony and I talked about this a little bit before you got here. If they were completely eliminated from the wild card, I'm not saying Doug Peterson will ever get up there and say that any game is meaningless. But come on. You know, it happens all the time in the NFL. You get to the last week of the season, and if that game doesn't impact your spot in the standings, different coaches have different philosophies right. on how they're going to approach that game. But uh, it's really not that out of the realm of possibility that at least at a minimum, the Jags will be viable for the wild card heading into Week 18. All they need are three outcomes with teams that are probably all going to be favored this week as home teams. And if they get those in addition to beating Houston, they, they keep that, you know, you, you don't want to have to think about that that out. But I'm not turning down the wild card if somehow Tennessee comes in here and manages to win with Malik Willis at quarterback. Well, and you guys have followed the league enough to know, and uh, Doug certainly has been around it. Week 18 gets weird, man. I mean, it can get really weird with a lot of weird outcomes and – you do not want to be the coach who's rested your guys and and uh, given away a Week 17 game. For some reason, you know, it not go your way in Week 18, and you wake up and look at the paper, the ne- or uh, not the paper the next day, because nobody looks at the paper, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Ooh, shots and fired. be the guy who, you know, who – not the paper. It, it, to clarify, <laughs> his point of view, he's, he's worked for the team. Industry shots are fired. Papers in general. They will look at jaguars.com. Uh, <laughs> but you don't want to look on jaguars.com and say, oh, if we hadn't done this, this, and this, we'd be playing right now. Because if you've been around the league, you know that those Week 18 games, you're sitting there on Sunday night, and they're flashing up graphics, and stuff has happened that you have no idea yeah. what's going to happen. Well, and you know, look, you don't have to follow the NFL very long to know that coaches don't look at it with any kind of – we're not pumping in any kind of breaks ever, right? Like that's right. that's kind of the way coaches look at it. If there's any scenario, then we go, right? Yeah. And there are plenty it, of scenarios scenario. out there, right. right, for the Jaguars right now. It's, it's similar to me to when Trevor Lawrence had the scary-looking play against Detroit, mm-hmm. and they went into the locker room, and, you know, we watched fans have a discussion for the next week, like, why did they put him back in this game? Why is he playing this week, the week after that? Like, all those things going on, and I said the whole time, it's like, you, NFL teams don't manage it the way that you seem to think they should, no. right? Like, if he's healthy enough to play and he's not risking any further injury, 
you're 100% putting that player back on the field. And the playoff scenarios, to me, kind of play the same way. If there's any kind of chance, you go as hard as you can possibly go. Because if you're not going as hard as you can go, we talk about it with preseason games every year. That's when you're risking real injury to the guys that are on the field. You have to be completely in the moment, bought in when you step onto an NFL football field or you're risking your career and potentially your life ultimately. Well, that's a huge part. And also, uh, I don't remember the details of, of the Detroit game because I tried to block it out, but they got back to within 16 at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they've come back from 17 twice. Sure. And it, it, So, of, of, of course you were going to continue to play them. Uh, because there was no risk of further injury, and 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 that's their gauge on that. It, it's not like oh, oh, Trevor almost got hurt. Well, let's not play him anymore. Well, <laughs> at some point, he's he's going to need to play <laughs> because that's why he's here. So, uh, yeah. It, it, but but primarily for the purpose of this week's game, uh, as long as there are scenarios, these guys have been doing it long enough to know those scenarios sometimes happen. So you play hard until until you can't play anymore. Look, uh, it's not just fans. There are a few people out there that, you know, they know who they are. Like, think that if if you can't win the Super Bowl this year, why are we playing anybody? That's what it seems like their attitude is. But in all seriousness, like, we're, we haven't spent much time really looking at the game that they have this week. How the hell can the Houston Texans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? When you look at where they got the production from, in the first matchup, Damian Pierce had 26 of the 29 running back carries for 99 of the 114 yards and the lone touchdown in the game. Nico Collins was the only receiver on the Texans over 22 yards on the whole day. Both of them are on injured reserve right now. And I, Look, I get it. Funny things happen in sports, man. And the Texans have been playing tough, and they've been mucking it up with people, John. But if, if this is going to be one of the – toughest mysteries to ever solve if the Jaguars can't snap that streak this week well the only thing you know a weird things happen in the NFL b the Texans have been forcing turnovers lately I think they have eight in their last three games that's obviously the way that a game like this can turn you turn the ball over in the first half you turn the ball over start the second half and all of a sudden they get some points they wouldn't have normally gotten and you're situationally down then that can change any game. I mean, that's the Texans' path to to staying in these last couple of games. Uh, it'll be their path to trying to stay in the game on Sunday. Well, in in the first matchup, the Jags clearly outgained them. And by turned a, the ball over in the end Right, zone. by a sizable margin. They were 0 for 3 in the red zone. They had the turnovers down in that part of the field. Obviously, right. we've talked about that pick for Trevor I don't know how many times many. Um, since it occurred, right? <laughs> and it's a 13-6 to 6 game. It does – it feels like that was a completely different team, you know, it for does. the Jaguars that week compared to the way that they're playing right now and the momentum that they have going into this matchup this weekend. But I'm with you, John, from the perspective of the Texans have been really tough the last couple, mm-hmm. three weeks, right? For whatever reason, for a team that it, and if I was a Texans fan, I'd probably be getting frustrated by it, right? It's like, y'all are going to cost us the number one pick, <laughs> and I'll never forgive you, would be kind of where my mentality would be at that point. You've never heard that before. Right. Like, <laughs> it's, why are we doing this? Yeah. You know, would be the attitude if I was a Texans fan right now, but the players don't, and they shouldn't have that kind of attitude coming down the stretch here. They're playing hard. 
right? Like, they're playing really hard, and it doesn't matter that they've lost their running back and lost receivers and lost different places, mm-hmm. different players at different spots on the field. They've been tough, and because this week has been weird, we talked about it at the top of the show this morning, it's a weird-feeling week, mm-hmm. right? They haven't played since last Thursday. Right. This game has stakes, but it's unclear exactly what the yeah. stakes are uh, for the Jags going into this game, so it's hard to get a grip on what to expect this weekend. But I think if the Jags are going to play hard and it sounds like they're going to go after it this week, that they ought to beat the Houston Texans by two scores would be my expectation. But how many times have we said that the past five years going up against Houston? It hadn't mattered. And I think that's one reason why Doug – I mean, I think he believes it anyway, but I think that's one reason why he's staying very strong with, hey, there's no meaningless games. We're playing. uh, We're going. Because – it's it's a young team. They have been hard. I mean, I, they have been hot. Let's get them back to playing that way. Let's stay in that mode. Whatever's working for us, let's keep doing that. Uh, and, and I do think from Doug Peterson's point of view, he mentioned this right after the uh, Jets game the other night. A chance to get to nine wins. A chance to have a winning season. Uh, after what this franchise has been through, uh, I think that has some symbolic stuff too. The other symbolic thing to me this week would be the Texans game, uh, the two and six start. The Broncos game and the Texans game are sort of symbolic of that start to me in a way because it was the end zone interceptions. It was the games that clearly you look back on and said, boy, they should have won that game. Mm -hmm. They just kind of gave it away. Uh, against teams that are on the at the bottom of the league, it, it would feel significant somehow to go on the road and reverse that and show yourself, yeah, we're not that team anymore. They already know they're not, but that would be another way of showing it. Anything on Shaq Griffin, who we haven't talked about in a few weeks, it sounded like Doug at least said that it's getting closer with him. Do you expect to see him again this season? No. Okay. I don't. But, but I mean – uh, Doug certainly left it open this morning. Uh, I'd be I'd be stunned if he plays. If they make a deep playoff run, do you think there's the possibility that they get him back out there at some point? I don't expect him to play. Okay, okay. I I, I you know it could surprise me, but it just doesn't feel like he's going to come back. It does seem like they've made the transition to Trey Herndon playing more in the slot and putting Darius Williams outside. Yeah, uh, when they're in whatever the three corner set's going to be, I, mean, I hope uh, he surprises me. Yeah, but, you know, I I I would be surprised. Okay, okay, I'm I'm not surprised by the answer uh, right. with the Shaq Griffin stuff, but fans keep asking us what's sure. going on with Shaq. Is Shaq coming back? That kind of thing. And uh, Doug Peterson at least said that he was in the building mm-hmm. uh, rehabbing this morning, which is as much as they've had to say about no, Shaq in a while. I've been surprised by things before in life. Sure. So. You never know. No doubt. Uh, We'll put a bow on this edition of Jaguars Day today when we return. Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, E.T., John Osher here with us for one more segment as well here on Jaguars Today on 1010XL. His name is John Osher. Oh, no's. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. One more segment here with John Osier, Jaguars.com senior writer. Tony Smith, Mike Dempsey, ET, here with you as well. We'll get to some responses to our 
Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day here in just a moment. But first, let's uh, put it in the record book with a 10-10 take. 10-10 take. Now the 10-10 take with Mike Dempsey brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. You know, Tony, rather than using the question of the day for today's 10-10 take, because Doug Peterson's already weighed in on it. You and I have both already said, mm-hmm. you know, the circumstances being different, maybe it would be a different story. But the fact that they're as viable as they are for multiple paths to the playoffs, you're going to play these guys and uh, play to win this weekend. Here's my thought. You know, as you head into the offseason, when this season eventually ends, right, the Jags are over the salary cap, and I hear from everybody, oh, you know, it's easy to get under the salary cap, and it is. But there's a big difference between being under the salary cap and having the financial wherewithal to go out there and make an impact in free agency. This year, they had a big impact with some of the guys that they signed in free agency, like Christian Kirk and Foye Lewican, Evan Ingram and Zay Jones, and on and on and on, right? And maybe they got to overpay. And maybe they won't have that kind of budget to just go out there and flat overpay. So you wonder, at what point can Trevor Lawrence make Jacksonville a destination market because of his presence alone? Now, the combination of of him working with Doug Peterson doesn't hurt. But if Trevor Lawrence is playing like this for any head coach and you see his backstory, you see the trajectory that he's on, and that he could take a team that looked dead in the water and maybe win the AFC South and who knows, make some noise in the playoffs. This team is going to be so many people's darling next year in terms of picking them to make a deep run. I wonder, uh, John and Tony, if we won't see some of that effect where you don't have to outbid everybody anymore. Maybe even you don't even have to have the highest bid or, or the same top bid as somebody else for people to choose playing with Trevor Lawrence other than just flat out taking the most dollars that are out there. How long was Peyton Manning in Indianapolis before it became a destination spot? Well, uh, they never really had that dynamic, to be honest with you. They paid their own guys a lot to keep them because that was their their philosophy. But they didn't really have a whole lot. They were a hardcore build through the draft. They occasionally brought guys in. They brought, like, uh, a Brandon Stokely, uh, you know, you know, came in and signed there. But it was not a spot like that where they – I mean, they did not partake big time in free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it really I, – I was trying to think as you asked that if there were guys that applied, and it really didn't – it really didn't do that. I think where it could help uh, – I think Mike's point at the end is the best one. I don't think it's necessarily going to make it where guys say, well, I'm I'm going to take half the salary that I would take somewhere else and come play with Trevor Lawrence. I do think the success this year, Doug Peterson being here and showing what he can do offensively and Trevor's success, I think it will get them closer to being out of that phase of in order to get somebody – we have to dramatically, quote, overpay and outpace the market. Uh, I don't think that has as much to do with Jacksonville in recent years as it has to do with four and or with, with three and 14 and one and 15. When you're that bad, you have to overpay to get back to the middle of the pack. I think with Trevor Lawrence now, you're, if you want a receiver, uh, 
I think it's appealing to a receiver, a tight end, an offensive, you know, anybody to, yeah, go play in Jacksonville. We got a chance to win. So I think that you does know, help. John, I think the one thing, though, that we don't know what would have happened had the Colts not had the success drafting the kind of players that they did. And you know, I mean, there's a while there, Bill Polian couldn't miss in the first round. And if you hit the first rounder, sure. you can survive a lot of other misses if you're getting a high, high caliber player. I mean, he was drafting you know, Hall of Fame-type players there for a stretch. And if the Jags can do that, I think everybody wants to build through the draft and pay their own guys. But you have to have drafted the guys that are worthy of paying, right? So hopefully they can start turning it around in that department because that Indianapolis certainly had the luxury of hitting on enough of those picks that that made that path very viable for them. Yeah, no doubt. It's what you got to do. And I know that's, that's every team's goal. I know the Jaguars hope now that they've sort of got this base set, if you will, that now you go out and you draft guys, you bring them along, and you participate in free agency uh, very minimally. I mean, it, there were times where I was with the Colts where on the first day of free agency, the, the personnel department uh, turned off the lights at 8 o'clock in the morning and left because they were not going to participate. And it was, sort of, it was sort of a symbolic thing. But you'd walk back during the first, free, during the first days of free agency and the offices would be dark. Because it was just their philosophy, and you know, uh, they haven't been dark around the Jaguars lately. <laughs> so, uh, but that is every team's goal to get to that point. Yeah, it'll be darker than it has been in a few yeah. years. You know, this year in Jacksonville, because they just aren't going to have the capital to, you know, run it the yeah, way that they've had a chance to the last will couple be spent years before they get started. Yeah, uh, figuring out how to repay their own guys who have played enough to maintain meaning somebody like Evan Ingram when can they finally have a conversation with Calvin Ridley uh after the well I think it's when he is reinstated okay so uh whenever that is okay I think so it's in February after the season eligible. at some point I thought it for some reason mid-February sticks out yeah. as the date uh and I it was written and I wrote it when it first happened uh and if memory serves, it's between early February and the start of free agency, I believe. Mm-hmm. But if I'm misstating that, I apologize. Yeah, now, I'm looking for. I thought it was like the 12th of February or something. It's probably like right after the Super Bowl. Right, is my guess. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but it, I don't think they can talk until he's actually reinstated. No, that's what I'm saying. And, I, his reinstatement, he's right. eligible beginning on that date. And right technically, they don't have anything time. to do with that. It's him. It, it's up to. I think it's, it's him, him to get reinstated, and yeah. then all of a sudden. Uh, he can communicate with the team, I, yeah. I believe. Just feels like that's going to be kind of the quote-unquote big splash for the team in the offseason this year. It's a trade that they pulled off halfway through the year. Yeah, and that was the plan because they knew what their situation was. No doubt. Uh, the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day, asking listeners, the stakes for Week 18 are clear. The Jags will still be alive for a wild card spot when the game against the Texans kicks off on Sunday. What player or players, if any, would you rest this week against Houston? Dempsey and I have answered this already. We'll get your answer here in a moment here, John. But first, some of the responses we got this morning from Hawk. We got anyone with lingering injury concerns. Sheriff wouldn't be in my starting lineup this week, for instance. From Cristiano, none. Let's roll from Scott. Play them. Keep the wild card chance alive as well as a tie against the Texans winning us the division. From Stevie, we got none. They're on a roll. Let's keep it going. From Paul, anyone banged up with 
a more than typical week 17 wear and tear. So probably Walker, Fadakasi, Sheriff. If we end up up by a few scores, I would probably pull Trevor too. Wouldn't we all? From Stewart, anyone questionable, I'd rest unless it's the O-line and I was worried about Trevor's protection. Uh, From Baxter, none, but I would be quick to pull guys if the lead is large. I think if you were up three scores at any point in the second half, start pulling them. From Andrew, he said, Fadakasi and Jenkins on defense. Kirk and Zay on offense. Reduce snaps for ETN. Would love to get some tape on Wingard, Snoop, Tim Jones, Kendrick Pryor in this game. I certainly don't expect that to be the way the team's going to handle it, and Doug Peterson has said that's not the way they're going to do it. (laughs) Would you be uh, resting anybody this week, John? Again, maybe Sheriff because he's he's uh, been struggling. Uh, I shouldn't say struggling; he's been playing well, but he's been dealing with, uh, you know, the abdomen and then last week with the leg. I would consider that, but at the same time, I'm not the one talking to him about his injury. Right. Um, if if the doctors believe and if he believes that he should be playing through it, then I don't know that you change it. A lot of what the what the listeners' answers were saying is sort of what they do anyway. You know, if they get up by three scores, they're probably going to, you know, pull some guys. Sure. Because you're using it up by three scores. So uh, I think you play it smart. Um, but, again, it doesn't sound like they're going to do anything like that. Sheriff, maybe Juwan Taylor, depending on that hammy, if, if that's still weird. But I don't think very much. Do they limit the exposure of anybody this week? Like uh, Travis Etienne, do they limit how many carries they get him this week knowing the importance of the game the next week at all? I doubt it. I mean, uh, because of this. I think you've been trying to do that anyway. Okay. I think they would like to limit his exposure, period. And they usually wind up game circumstances kind of dictated some hey, these are key plays. we got to have these elements in there. So I don't know that you'll see it. I just don't know that you're going to see when you're actually sitting down and watching that game that you're going to go, okay, there's what Doug's doing. Yeah, he he's pulling back over here. He's pulling back over here. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I think people will try to interpret it that way. I don't know that you'll see anything real on that front. Uh, we'll get your – Kind of prediction on what you expect to happen this weekend, John, and what's coming up this week on Jaguars.com as well. Yeah, but, but first, first got to get to That's right. Yeah, first, let's check in with XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit TireOutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Joe Cowart joining us here. What is up, fellas? Johnny's to deliver the winning prediction. <laughs> As always. Yeah, you got him ready to go. Kind of an I'm odd beaten. week. We've yeah. been discussing it throughout the show this morning. It just feels odd this week getting ready for this Texans game because it feels like there is and isn't yeah. an NFL game this weekend for the Jags. Well, Leon and I are in there talking, uh, just getting ready for this game. He's like, how the hell are they going to lose this game? You know, uh-huh. And that's what we're talking about. Malik Willis was not good last last week. Less than 100 yards, a couple picks. Didn't get it in the end zone. Uh, that Texans team had not been able to hold halftime leads and was able to do it against a bad Tennessee team. So, you know, the thing is, you can lull yourself to sleep. Sure. You can think there's no way this team can lose to either one of those teams based on what they're dealing with right now. Don't be fooled. This team has lost nine times to a bad Texans team. <laughs> okay? 
and so look, it'll feel good just to just to beat that butt if, if you can. No doubt. What do you got coming up today on primetime? Uh, speaking of the Texans, Seth Payne, former Jag, former Texan, still does uh, sports radio in Houston. We'll say hello to him. Uh, always good for Seth to kind of give us an, uh, a feel for what's going on in Houston. And then also John McClain a little bit later on in the show uh, because he covers all things National Football League as well as the Texans. So we'll have both of those from the Houston side of things today. Big serves me, and Coach Camp will be popping in a little bit later on. All right, Joey, we'll be listening. All right, fellas, thanks. Enjoy. Noon to 3, XL Primetime. Coming up next, all right, John, what uh, is your, what's your feel for what's going to happen this weekend? I think they win uh, because I think they're motivated. I mean, I think they're a better team, and I think they know from the first game what you can't do against these guys. I don't expect Trevor to make the uh, the crucial end zone interception that he made in that game. So I think it'll be I think it'll be tight. Um and I think they'll I don't know that it'll look any different. Here's my guess. I think it'll be tight and I and I think fans will say, well clearly they weren't trying as hard uh because it was a different kind of game. I think it'll be tight because it's the Texans and they play you tough. I think the Jaguars win. Uh, what will we catch from you on Jaguars.com the rest of the week? We'll be back this this week. We, uh, we did not have the Huddle Up podcast with Bucky Brooks last week. We'll have it this week at 4. And uh, the Ozone podcast this week will be Arden Key, which who I'm really looking forward to. Uh, big personality. I have not had him on the podcast yet, so that should be fun. All right, Johnny. We'll talk to you again on Sunday. Fantastic. Tony, Mike, thanks. All, All right, right, John. For uh, game day, that'll do it for us here on Jaguars today. Back tomorrow, I'll be bringing the breakfast. And yeah, baby. Uh, I mean, by the have... way, when you just asked John what we're going to catch from him, I was worried about <laughs> what the answer might be. But uh, you know, just good quality online content. Yes. Tony. I feel good. Hi, John. And there he is. He gave you the wave on the way out of the <laughs> studio. That'll do it for us here. On Jaguars today, XL Primetime coming up next. So for Mike Dempsey, for E.T., for John Osher, for Donovan Darius, I'm Tony Smith. Back at it tomorrow with the Breakfast Bowl and Mike DiRocco here. And we'll continue to get ready for the last couple weeks of the season for this Jaguars team right here on Jaguars today on 1010XL. So guess what? 1010 is popping and there won't be no stopping. Bang, bang, bang.